the Bible defines freedom as bound by love. And it's this idea that you, you have freedom, but only at the point where it causes harm to someone else. Welcome to Switching Lenses, a podcast that takes current issues and events within the culture and defends the Christian position from an apologetical and biblical lens. Now, here are your hosts, Shane Skirvin and Josh Phillips. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Switching Lenses. Shane, we had some very significant events happen last week. A lot of events centering around the topic of abortion. And we thought, hey, let's do a, let's do a podcast on this. Usually we plan these series way in advance, but this is something that's been happening right now. This is something that needs to be talked about. This is something very, very huge that's happening. So we're going to take this topic of abortion we're going to get into it today. And this is a very polarizing topic, uh, but this is something that needs to be talked about. We're going to start by talking about the biblical position on this particular topic. Then we're going to get into addressing the pro-abortion reasoning. What are some of the reasons that people who support abortion, what are some of the reasons they, that they give? And we'll discuss that. Then we're going to get to some, address some of the criticisms of those who are against abortion. And lastly, in discussing this topic, We'd have to talk about the idea of hope and redemption. And we're going to get into all of this in this episode. This actually probably might be a couple of episodes we get through this. We have no idea. If we're to get into this, and uh, Shane, let's go and start. Sounds great. Now, Shane, like I said in the intro, there were some very significant events that happened last week, given the Supreme Court. Could you just kind of give us a little rundown? There might be some who haven't heard any of this, or maybe they heard some bits and pieces of it. Can you just give it just a general, just a real kind of quick rundown of what all happened last Monday? Yeah, there was a leak that was published uh, or uh, yeah, carried like around the world, and it seemed to indicate there was a good chance that Roe versus Wade would be struck down this summer. And there was that, a leak in the Supreme Court. Yeah, which is, that, that in and of itself is very rare. This is something yes. that I heard some people say that it never really has happened like this. And then I heard other people say it hasn't happened like this in, a, in over 100 years. Oh, okay. I, I, I'd heard the never, but yeah, but that, yeah. I, I kind of, I didn't dig into it. So, okay, that's yeah. interesting. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, we can say it's, uh, it's extremely rare, probably never. <laughs> yes, yes. Very, this is very, this is very strange. This is not yeah. a regular occurrence. Yeah. Okay, so uh, real quick, uh, the idea of Roe versus Wade. What, what did Roe versus Wade actually establish? It established that no state could outlaw abortion within the state. And so we're not talking about, you know, at the federal level, making abortion legal or illegal. It's really whether it can be even handled or addressed by a state. At this point, it's saying abortion is legal and you cannot make any law against it. So really... If the court does strike it down, Roe versus Wade, which, by the way, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg herself said it was shaky, you know, Roe versus Wade. Yeah, yeah. She said herself that it kind of was in uncharted territory when they kind of stepped out with that ruling back in, I I think it's 73. It's it's a pretty old ruling, but it was shaky. And uh, that's interesting, though, because I've heard a lot of conservatives say they didn't think the votes were in there. I mean, that's been sort of the thinking. Even with some of the recent justices put in there, so that's that's interesting. Both sides thinking the opposite yeah. of what you might think. 
Yeah, and so yeah, and it's it's so crazy to to think, you know, it's it's pretty I think there's a lot of misconceptions. People think it's going to be handled by Supreme Court to outlaw or to make yes. it legal across our nation and that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about it becoming a state issue. Right. And that's the thing that I'm glad you brought that up because there's a lot of panic and hysteria from some people and I don't think they quite understand. Maybe I don't know, maybe they feel like any threat is a massive threat. Maybe that's the case. But uh, like like you said, it's going to be brought down to a state level, which we know, right? There's going to be multiple states that are going to go ahead and you're free to have an abortion. I mean, we even know that companies are even giving their employees to cover their travel expenses to go to these states, that they, even though it hasn't been decided yet, but they're anticipating that. So a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. In many states, it wouldn't change a thing, right? If if Yeah. If- there's a lot of states that abortion probably would never be made illegal in that state, and it it virtually would not change anything. So, okay, so it's important that we understand what that is. If we're thinking something else and making arguments based on that, then it's it's, it's pointless to the discussion. Yeah, and so. we're all we're all, all that ruling is saying people will now vote on it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now we've established what Roe versus Wade was or is, I should say. And then also what the Supreme Court leak actually entailed and what the the potential and probable ramifications of it will be. Now we've established that. Is that good, Shane? Anything else you want to add to that? Yeah. No, I I actually, to be honest with you, Josh, in everything you look at, uh, the founders intended that the states be different as far as their, you know, be laboratories of democracy. And they fully intended different states would. um, There was this idea of freedom within the framework. And that states would have different laws and customs and that the states could actually learn from each other through a trial and error process. So really, we, we would say that this is, uh, you know, I, I think you could honestly say the founders intended for the states to have different approaches. It's pretty brilliant, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is actually. Making room for- and you're uni- Or at least unique. Well, yeah, the human tendency is always to control everything, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get into- the biblical case for the anti-abortion side of this, um, which is all cards on the table where we stand. You and I both, we're, we're, we're anti-abortion. This is not a good thing. And so uh, let's kind of get into this, Shane. Um, we, kind of, we kind of broke this up into a few categories here. Uh, this first one, this one's critical. I feel like so many discussions, so many arguments, so many ideas hinge on this verse, and it's on this idea of human value. Shane, what does the Bible say about human value? Um, in Genesis, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish, and over the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so it's this idea that, and, and this is a beautiful idea. This is, I, I'm very, you know, I, 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 as Josh knows, and anywhere I teach or talk to people, I fully say, you know, this is a great gift that the biblical worldview has given humanity. And it's that man is made in the image of God and we have great worth and great value. And I think really any good thing flows from this idea. Anytime you diminish people's value, anytime you say there's a hierarchy and that there's people that are worthless, I mean, I would say turn around and run from that. I mean, indistinctively, all of yeah. us hate that idea, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really built in all of us. I, I get really passionate about this verse because there's so much 
so much said, like, like you were saying, the things to run away from there's when people start diminishing the value or the worth of somebody, like you said, run, run as fast as you can from that. Totally agree on that. What I find interesting though, you know, given our interest in Christian apologetics, a lot of people want to remove God just the idea of God in, ev- in everything, really. I was going to be specific, but really it's in everything. But when you do that, when you're, when a Christian claims like there's something, there's someone greater than us and we're a reflection of that. And that's that in itself shows value. When you remove that, what's left? If I want to go shoot my neighbor in the head, who cares? Does, does, it, does it matter? I mean, if, if unless, unless that life is valuable. And if I can't define that it's valuable or not, I've got a problem. So, okay, sorry, we're going to rabbit, rabbit trail. I, I, get really, that, I get really passionate about that one. There, like I said, there's so many moral arguments where that's really the foundation of it. And we, when you remove that, the argument falls apart. It's the foundation of all moral reasoning. You're right. I mean, yep. let, let's, let's just be brutally clear. That is what it takes. Um, I love this about Nietzsche. Nietzsche uh, what said, hey, you cannot hang on to Christian values if you kill God. If you kill God, then the uh, there's going to be undermen and overmen, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the basis of his whole, and he hated that about Christianity. He said Christianity made the weak equal to the strong. Yeah, I mean, we, and we, hear, so many, we hear so many discussions about human rights. If humans aren't valuable, who cares about their rights? You don't, you don't have any rights. Yeah, and what's weaker than a newborn baby? What's weaker than a child in the womb? If we're going to talk about a stronger person is of more value than a weaker person. I mean, yeah. I, I I think you boil that away and you move, you get clarity on this issue. And that's really the same thing that we're talking about. Yeah, agree, agree. We're talking so, about protecting the weak. Exactly, exactly. And the weak, they have value. And all, all humans have value. And so that's our starting point there. The, the Bible clearly says all humans have value because they're made in the image of someone greater than themselves, in the image of Yahweh. Okay, um, let's move on. But still staying on this idea of, of uh, how, how, does the, how does the Bible support this idea uh, of uh, all lives are valuable and, and life, especially life in the womb. Uh, the Bible acknowledges, acknowledges being. It acknowledges existence in the womb. So if we look, there's a lot of places we could go with this, but if we go to Psalms 22.10, it says, from birth, I was cast on you. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. That's acknowledging human existence. There's being, being implied there. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. So we have that the Bible acknowledges being, uh, acknowledges existence and acknowledges being in the womb. You know, when I was, when I was going through this and I was doing, looking up some scriptures and, and, uh, doing a little, uh, study and research on this, I noticed going through here, Shane, we, we were talking, talk about this as we were discussing the show, the Bible acknowledges being or existence before the womb, even before that. Let's look at a couple places right here. Uh, Shane, do you want to read them? Do you want me to read them? Or? Sure. No, I'll, yeah, I'll read them. Yeah, th- no, this is profound. And Josh, this is an insight I learned from you that I, I think is awesome. I think of it, you know, of course, uh, in the womb, but the before the womb is is profound. Uh, Psalms 139, 13 through 16. For you have created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you. Because I am fearfully and wonderfully made, your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my uninformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. I mean, that's the essence of before the womb. Yeah. Especially that last verse, yeah, right there at 16. Your eyes saw my unformed body. Right there. There's there's implying being there, implying existence, implying value and worth, like we've been talking. Even in Jeremiah 1.5, it says, before I, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. So before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. There it is again. It's implying existence before the womb. So we could go on and on, but those I thought those are some pretty critical verses I thought that support this idea. The Bible absolutely supports that that is, that is a life in there. Not, and not just a life, but that's a valuable life, a life of value. All right, Shane, let's move on here. Let's get into this next topic here, the next part of this. We're going to get into sort of the pro-abortion stance a little bit. And so that was kind of the strategy I wanted to get into with this whole episode we have here. You know, what are some of the things that supporters of abortion, what are some of the things they say and have you and I address some of them and give our thoughts? So let's start here. Let's start with the big one. And I have a feeling we might be on this one a little while, maybe. (laughs) The idea of personal autonomy. You know, that was a word, autonomy. That was a word that I heard a lot more in like philosophical talks several years back. I'm noticing it's making its way into the mainstream now. I don't know about you. I mean, maybe I was missing it. But I'm hearing a lot of people use the word autonomy in their reasoning. Do you hear that very often? Oh, yeah. that That's a huge movement. Um, has been for so many years. This idea that you're, you have the right to define your own existence and that, you know, it's you, you define the rules of your existence, which, you know, it, it, it's kind of a crazy, I mean, we just went through a COVID crisis where the huge argument was, do you have a right to take a vaccine and does that affect or a right not to take it? And does that, how does that affect the community? I think that's a lot healthier discussion. What is my place in the community as well as with my body, right? What do you owe someone else with your body? I think that's a healthier discussion than the other discussion to say, I don't owe anyone anything, that well, I am completely autonomous. Well, yeah, that kind of flies in the face of Western individualism though, doesn't it? Yeah, which, but but really, can you, you only have individualism within a framework, right? The Bible defines freedom as bound by love. And it's this Good. idea that you you have freedom, but only at the point where it causes harm to someone else. And you know, and that's we would say you take that principle and you apply it. Yes, you have freedom up until the point you harm or kill someone else, right? Because then you have destroyed freedom for everyone. Right. And so it's like the idea of autonomy. This is the way I always put it, like everybody wants autonomy, but do you want everybody else to have autonomy as well? Because <laughs> and that's the answer is usually no. I mean, it's like, I want to make my own decisions, but I don't want to deal with the consequences of everybody else making their own decisions either. Yeah. And that idea that you have the freedom to swing your arm, but it's inhibited at the point where it hits my nose. Like it's that <laughs> famous idea. And and yeah, and that idea of the shouting fire in a crowded theater, right? 
freedom oh, yeah. of speech. That's where the, the famous breakdown of freedom of speech. And so all of us agree with this. I think would say both sides agree with this. It's just where is that line, right? And we, we would ha- say, yeah, go ahead. We, ha- we, I mean, we have to have boundaries, right? Everyone agrees, but it's just where the boundaries are. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. It's it's. I think it's a lot of. We have a lot of individuals. I mean, not, I mean that's not just in the culture. That's in the church as well. Uh, we, we that's a that's a whole other episode. But uh, yeah, autonomy. It's it's a very dangerous thing. It's you know it's it's that tempting fruit. It sound it looks good to our eyes, but it's really so damaging. And I think it's when we have a short sighted view of what it truly is. You know that that can be re- really really dangerous. I think. And you know it. it it destroys community. All of us know if we push autonomy so far, it will destroy unity within a community. And so, you know, it has natural boundaries. I mean, I think everyone would say, you know, it, it hits that you still want the community together. You still want people to be able to go to a store and buy things and not take them with a gun. Right. Yeah. Like, like it just, you know, it, it, there's partnership that has to be for economic viability, you know, and the same thing, the harm principle, right? Most people, almost everyone would agree, I have freedom, but as soon as I start harming another person, you know, that has to be a boundary. Shane, you did a, you did a great job there with your mic issues. You didn't, you didn't, <laughs> you, didn't, you, didn't you didn't mess any of that up. Having some issues with the mic there. You're good now though. Yeah. To, to, to your point, you know, the point to individualism and everything, you know, Jesus made claim after claim after claim to people. Like it's, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about other people. It's about others, like that to your to your point of community, and uh, you know to, to live that life that he, he's he's the, the best life we could possibly live, the life that he laid out for us, the life he called us to, involves giving up my autonomy. It calls giving myself, you know, dying to myself every day, giving to other people. So, yeah, I mean, Jesus is calling us to a life of, of, of giving up stuff like that, and not. It's not my rules, what I want all the time. Because I mean, I, there's various quotes we could probably put up. There's lots of signs in protests or you know tweets that people have put or whatever it might be uh, given this. But really, when it comes down to it, personal autonomy is, is not a good thing. It's a very dangerous thing if, if, if it's fully walked out. And it has to be, freedom has to be bound by love. Otherwise, it becomes an evil. Well, we're going to go ahead and hit pause on this conversation and go and wrap up this episode. Join us next time as we continue this conversation on this topic of abortion, as we continue to look at some of the reasons pro-abortionists have, and Shane and I will give our response to them. And then lastly, we'll look at some of the criticisms that pro-abortionists have against those who are anti-abortion. We look forward to seeing you next time, and we will see you then.